Suit up in style with Mr. Mac and Alema Arrington. Enter now on 1280thezone.com to win a pair of Cole Haan shoes from Mr. Mac and an outfitting shopping experience with Alema during the remote on December 11th. Alema will personally pick you out an outfit. Compliments of Mr. Mac. That's a week from tomorrow, PK. Another yeah. week of the word outfit making you giggle in reads. Well, it's all during uh, Christmas and birthdays. Yep. The gift givings. If I get a sweater and a pants, I'm, oh, I got an outfit. It's one of those things that become a running gag. All right, we leave it wide open to you this morning. BYU just got their TV contract. The Jazz got beat to wrap up a road trip where they win one and four. And the Utes, nothing's really changed in the last 24 hours. Nothing new from what we talked about yesterday, but it's such a big story at this point. You can pretty much talk about it every day. The Tonight Utes? we do get the college football playoff ranking. Well, I think they'll be fifth. Um, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you think, oh, you think they're going to move up a spot? I kind of think Oklahoma's going to jump them tonight. I don't. I will not be surprised if we come back in here tomorrow morning and Oklahoma's five and Utah's that six. That would suck. Yeah. I, I actually think this is a, a no. big hurdle I would for the Utes. And this is the kind of thing that has just quelled my enthusiasm for the playoffs since we first started talking about it. Brand names matter. Tim Brando comes on and talks about the whole thing's geared. Rigged is probably too strong, but the whole thing is geared for the brand names, whether it's a conference like the SEC or a school like Ohio State or Oklahoma. The whole thing's geared for them. Agreed. That's the essence of what I've been saying the last month. Ohio State's a bigger brand name than LSU. And they just leaped in for number one. And what the heck has LSU done wrong? Now, you can just say they're both awesome and has both been blowing people off the field. You know, the Utes have had stuff break their way in the last month. Bama's lost twice. Penn State's lost twice. Minnesota's lost twice. So a lot of the brand name stuff, the Utes don't have to battle because the teams have played their way out of it with two losses. Mm-hmm. And the Utes, hey, they've taken their chance with uh, with both hands, and, man, they've grabbed onto that for all it's worth. Just Not just winning, but just crushing people. Uh, if they're not fifth, they'll be Pac-12 pith tonight. And, and for all the... Uh, <laughs> for all I'll the, take it personal. We've, we've all got the chip on our shoulder. I take everything personal. Sure, why not? We've all got the chip on our shoulder about you know the time zone, the lack of respect for the Pac-12. But TV networks did give them pretty good time slots here a couple of times. They had a good time slot on Fox to beat Washington, yeah. and they did. So people saw it. Because the conference sucked. They had no choice. And They didn't give you anything. Get, your, you get yourself to first place. You right. didn't get any. You earned it. You weren't and then anything. with everybody staring at him. Nobody gives you nothing in this world. Are you kidding me? Let's go and to then Josh. With everybody staring at him, they they uh, they killed it. All right, so <laughs> Jazz, Cougars, Utes, any, on any day, any one of these could be the big story, and now we got them all at the same time. So 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. To the phones. Gage, good morning. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. I understand Jazz is the big story to you today, Gage. Yeah, you know, watching these last couple games has been frustrating because Donovan Mitchell looks like he is in a slump right now. And, you know, every player has that. But what really stinks is when Donovan Mitchell's off, the whole team is off. Why do you think that is, guys? Yeah, because he's the best player on the team, and that's the way basketball usually goes. As your best player goes, so goes the team. He's better than Gobert? Yeah, Gobert, despite his 27 points last night, can't set the tone of the offensive end of the floor. And the screen assists are awesome, and the 27 points are awesome, but we're in an offensive era in the NBA, and you've got to be able to score. 
There was when that Agreed. run when that run happened in the second quarter. As bad as the defense was, and there were problems, I thought the bigger problem was the offense put the defense in bad positions with the turnovers, with some of the misses. Thanks for the call, Gage. So if they if they'd scored and the other thing has to take the ball out of the net, you got a chance to set up your defense. But it was uh, Locke was counting it off. He was losing his mind. I think it was a twenty-five to four run. I, it was completely out of control. You know, if, if you're only going to score two buckets over however many minutes it was, I don't know, six, seven, whatever it was, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, I think it keys off your best offensive performer. And I, I think that's where... But defense um, can set up your offense. It can, but the defense couldn't in transition. You know, they were out in front of Gobert. Gobert's the key to the defense. Honestly, if some of those turnovers, if they'd thrown the ball out of bounds, they would have been in better shape. Yeah. There were a lot of live ball turnovers in that stretch. The old live ball turnovers. Live ball turnovers. Uh, I mean, we love Bogey, but he, he got to the baseline, and that was a bad pass back into the middle of the court, and that was another possession where they had no chance to defend. And we love ourselves some Bojan, and nobody's perfect, but, you know, that pass sucked. <laughs> There's no way around it. But I think that's where your point about Conley, and, you know, he's shooting the three as bad as that was at the start of the year. I mean, that's kind of come around and even out. The whole law of averages thing on the three, but is he creating a lot for others? Is he turning the ball over too much? Is he shooting the floater and the two-point shot well? You know, in all those areas, there's still lots of room for improvement. For sure. But, you know, slowly stuff is turning around, and we all want it to turn around right now. Heck, we never want it to be bad at all. We want to come out of the gate just, you know, throwing haymakers and crushing people. How come people say we don't hate the Jazz, though, when we criticize? I don't Because get there's only one team in town. There's nobody else to love. Uh, yeah, but now, still, It's really but the you, rivalry you, with the Utes and Cougars. If you criticize... Even when you don't criticize, when you say, I don't think they're going to make the playoff, we get cri- that's viewed but, as hatred. But in college football, we get criticized when we're positive about a team. I mean, people don't get that because they don't see all the well, stuff we get. positive you speak of? <laughs> like when you say Tyler Huntley is having a season for the ages. <laughs> that gets blowback from some BYU fans. There's a segment of both fan bases that's crazy. There's a larger segment that's normal. Yeah, but see, that's not positive. That's just reality. Yes, but reality is positive. Yeah, but so what? <laughs> well, some people deny reality, so you still take blowback for it. I don't view myself as positive or negative. I view myself as just speaking what I see. I get that. And Huntley is but the whole audience bud to the highest extent this year. The whole audience isn't going to get that. Well, they're idiots. <laughs> I never thought I'd see a quarterback have a better uh, set of stats than Alex Smith. You could play well, and Alex didn't have to win come-from-behind games and make pressure throws because they are blowing people out. You you had a come-from-behind victory last Saturday. In 2004, Alex. I know. Right. Oh, I see what you did there, yeah. (laughs) UCLA, that was come-from-behind. That was (laughs) 3-0, too. Don't forget that. (laughs) You know, Brian Johnson's great season was different. The stats weren't as great. But I never thought we'd see someone with off-the-chart stats like Alex Smith. And here we are, Tyler. Well, I think there are better stats. Off the... I can't. I can't argue when you're in the way football is won today. When you're completing three quarters of your passes, yeah. I mean, literally, it's it's to a point. It's almost shocking. The incomplete passes when they throw the ball. It's incomplete. It's so rare, right? Yeah. And when you can, it's when awesome you, to see. And a lot of them, w- once you factor out the handful of drops, there haven't been many, but there've been some. And when you factor out the balls that are batted down at the line of scrimmage, the actual number of bad throws, and I guess the number ones where they, he just throws the ball away. 
you know, the pressure's coming and he doesn't want to take a sack and then want to turn it over. And so the incomplete pass is the best option. You factored those th- three things out. Is it 100%? My gosh. Maybe 105. We really need to give a hats off, too, to the receivers. Because I think with the great defense and Huntley and Moss and Keithy now, uh, the receivers is... They may not be big time players in the in play in terms of uh, NFL clamoring after them, but collectively they're making plays. They they are absolutely they're catching balls, and that's what you need. And so and and especially because and they're it, doing it without Covey. It would be yes, they're doing it without Covey, and it'd be easy when you're not getting targeted a lot. I, I got to admit, I thought when they when the when the receiver group turned it around, there'd probably be one or two guys who are really good. Who are you know catching five or six passes a game and getting targeted eight or ten times a game? These guys are really unselfish. They're asked to block on all these running plays, and they know. I think going in, they know that if they have two catches, that's probably a pretty big game. And guys are making the most of it. You know, Samson Nakua doesn't catch a lot of passes, but then he's got what a 70, 80 yard touchdown. And you just got to be ready for your one, one or two moments and go make a big play, and he does. Yeah. 855-340-ZONE. Tyler, good morning. Tyler, what's on your mind? Utes, Cougars, or Jazz? What are you burning up about this morning? Let's go Jazz. All right, let's do it. Um, but before we get to the Jazz, I will say, as a Cougar, the Utes probably deserve to be in the playoff. I hope they don't make it. But as a Cougar, <laughs> they do probably deserve to be there. I've got no um, problem with what you just said. As a, if, you, if I was a Cougar, I would want the same. But I appreciate your being able to have some level-headedness by saying they yeah. probably deserve it because I feel the same way. So absolutely, what percentage – when, when you and your Cougar buddies get together for secret meetings with secret Cougar handshakes <laughs> and play you know, old Jason Buck tapes or old Ty Detmer tapes or something, right? what percentage of them feel that way? Like, are you in the uh, I minority? Say, I or? Would say major- no, I would say majority feel that way. Uh-huh. Um, especially, I mean, I mean, especially with Alabama going down this past week, I think that definitely gives them a better shot. Before that, you could have made a case for it, but, but the youth probably, I would say they deserve to be there. They've, they've dominated games. Oklahoma hasn't, hasn't looked as great. Obviously, they have similar records. They'd be better teams, but they haven't, they haven't won the same way Utah, Utah, Utah has. Um, Utah definitely has the eye test right now, I yep. guess, yep. in comparison to Oklahoma. But, you, you want to talk about like the Jazz? I said, I, don't, I don't, don't necessarily want them to be there, I guess. Okay. You got a Jazz take? Is but, that what you want? Yeah, yeah. But to, to, my, to my Jazz point, I would say um, biggest problem right now, Donovan Mitchell's shot selection has gotten worse as the year's gone on. Um, I, I believe it'll get, it'll get back. I'm not, I'm not too worried about Donovan. My thing is with Joe Ingles, we need Joe Ingles to play more minutes with Rudy Gobert. As we saw at the end of that ball game last night, he was effective when he had the ball in his hands. Um, and he's not as effective when he's playing with the second unit in a pick-and-roll with Ed Davis, who's one of the worst role, role men in, in, in the game and rolling to the rim. And also when you, when you have Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green in the corners who have turned out to be extremely poor shooters, um, that's definitely hurt Joe Ingles' role. So then getting Joe more minutes with, with Rudy and, and Donovan and maybe another shooter in the corner or something like that will – We'll be effective, and we'll be able to, you know, see Joe thrive. And I think that's what the Jazz need right now is another guy to thrive, another ball handler. So that's 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 my take for the morning. Obviously, Quinn knows more than I do, but that's just that's just my thoughts. Thanks, guys. Thanks I think you. I think uh, you know Quinn probably does know more than you, but I don't think oh, you're that does. far off on what you're saying. I think you're I'm mulling agreeing. over. I think you and Quinn, if you were talking, would pretty much be on the same page. Mm. I think it's. It's pretty clear from what he's doing with the substitutions. We'll, we'll talk when we go to lunch today. Exactly. You know, who's the caller who goes to lunch with him? 
Dean. Oh, Dean. Dean, yes. Dean. <laughs> when we had lunch a couple months right. back. <laughs> Dean will have lunch with him. <clears throat> He'll bring us up to speed, the, and then PK the and I will a lot see, more. The that I agree with him, and who was that? What, the Tyler? That was Tyler, yeah. The thing that I agree with in watching Joe play, I think Joe has the ability to make pretty good players look even better, but I don't know that he can elevate the game of average players, but he can elevate the game of really good players, and clearly Gobert is going to benefit with Joe out on the floor, and I think the other guys, the top-level guys, Joe could make them better, but I'm not sure he can make that next-tier guy be better. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would put it. I would say a different way, but we're probably in the same okay. ballpark. Joe, uh, Joe can do what a lot of really good passers can do. They can get guys easy shots. And when we talk about a guy's a good shooter or a bad shooter, a lot of it is, well, how many easy uncontested shots can you get him? Because if you can get them, those their percentage go through the roof. Except, but I, I don't. Some think, guys he sets them up. And they still can't make the I shot. I don't think Moutier needs to be set up. He needs to have the ball. Yeah, that's true. And he true. needs to overpower I would, guys. I, w- I would agree with that. He's a big dude playing his position. How much should the Jazz? How much should the Jazz put their best five on the floor and then have 10, 12, 15 minutes a game where you're just you run out the backups and trying to hold on, and you put uh, you put Davis in the dunk spot and you tell Moutier to break guys down one on one and try to open up the middle right. of the floor. So and Joe just, is of it, no it's almost, consequence to Moutier. Right, and it almost becomes like a totally different team and a totally different offense. But if that's those guys' skill sets, should you try to – and I think that's the thing the Jazz, Quinn and you know all the coaches are trying to balance right now is how much do we try to get these guys, give them time to play the way the Jazz play and figure it out, and how much that's just not their skill set. Let's let them play the way they need to play. Okay. Alan, good morning. Alan, Utes, Cougars, Jazz. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Talking about the Utes. All right. So, uh, as a fan, I hope uh, the team's focused on Oregon. I really don't see the team uh, giving them very many points and losing that game. Um, So, I'm just kind of wondering, would you rather play in the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl? Well, well, I think just for geographically, I don't know that it matters that as far as competition-wise because you're going to get either LSU or Ohio State most likely, and that's going to be a tough ball game either way. Now, geographically, I would obviously rather play in the festival, but I heard, and I don't know what the level this is true, but I'm just going to throw it out there with the qualifier that it may have no basis at all, that Ohio State finishes number one, which I I suspect they will. I suspect they'll have a preference, and their preference will be let's play Utah in the Peach Bowl. Yes. We'll travel no matter where we go, but why allow them to be just a state away? So that is a factor that was put in was to not get, and this was years ago, it's not just for this year, was to not not let the lower-seeded team have the geographic advantage. and I, I don't think it will be much of an advantage. In fact, I don't think it would be it at all. Well, see, the thing is, I think Ohio State will draw the same. Atlanta is actually a little closer. Now, you could argue that Phoenix— matter, But Phoenix has better weather. That's what I was about to say. Phoenix is preferable for the fan base. Of course it is. But They've been the fo- there 100 times. But the football people are kind of like, yeah, why do we want to play Utah when they got 40,000 or 30,000 fans in the stands because they're all driving down from Salt Lake? Right. Make them go to Peach Bowl and fly and let them have 5,000 fans in the stands. I think they have more than that, but yes. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Alan. I think that's the point there. I think that sucks. But if, if Ohio You're State— polluting the ozone, first of all, by but, driving. <laughs> but if Ohio State, where let's say Georgia pulls off the upset and is the four seed, 
Ohio State, Georgia would be played in Arizona. Yeah, but I can see that because they're I mean, not, that's they right in your hometown. There. Right. That's another story. Now, where would I they think, play Oklahoma? I don't know. That seems sixes to me. I don't know. Oklahoma think, to Atlanta yeah, or Phoenix. Oklahoma's a different story. But yeah. uh, to me, I think that you should set it up to let three of the four teams have but they a don't geographical put, proximity. I, there, is a, there is a lot. You're Ohio State, man. You can <laughs> play it anywhere. The only place you're not going to have more fans is if you play Notre Dame. That's it. Because Irish fans are everywhere and will flock. And will There's just more you. of yous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There, there, there are. So I would, I would tell them play Utah in the Fiesta Bowl. You'll have plenty of fans there, and ultimately it's going to be the people on the field who decide the game, not the people in the stands. So that's a bunch of hogwash. Right. Plus, but I do think plus Utah, you're going to have people from Phoenix. I'm with you. If it if it is Utah, Ohio State, I think it'll be in Atlanta. Although maybe they they say too, we don't want to have it in a Pac-12 territory. Yeah, which I think is also ridiculous. But I still think if, it, if it's Utah, Ohio State, it's going to be in Atlanta. But at this point, that's so far down. I mean, get there. You know, I, I think this thing is stacked against the Utes. I do, too, but I, don't, I have a friend that texted me wanting to know about that very question, and he capitalized if they get in, and he had the word if and capitalized. Mm-hmm. So I, I texted him back later in the day as I was thinking about it. I said that if, capital I-F, is now if. Lowercase. <laughs> it's a downgrade, isn't it? and he got it. He got exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, because the Alabama situation has broke their way, and the fact they just beat the snot out of everybody, and that's why I think if if I find out that one of the reasons they're not in is because the Devils beat Oregon, I'm going to lose my freaking mind because I think that is such a piece of crap. They do have a strength of schedule number, and because both those teams are going to be on the youth schedule after 13 games, I don't think that's going to be why. Better, you better not be – you don't get in because some other team beat Oregon by three points on their home field. Right. But you that's play, ridiculous. But you played that team too, so I don't think that's going to be what it is. It better not be. Well, we heard about that it was when they lost that, I oh, know. that's a blow to the Utes. I know. But then subsequently we've heard, oh, they passed the eyeball test. I agree. Yeah, I. But we heard it at the time, and that really, really bothers me because right. you don't. You have to play nine games, and they lost the ninth game or one of the nine games by three points on the other team's field. All right, we got Jazz and Cougar fans lining up. Eight five five three four zero zone. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James on Facebook, DJ and PK. Three stories that on any given day would be the story, and we got them all today. So we'll let you sort it out next. Yaks on the phones now. Eight five five three four zero zone. DJ and PK. It's ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 the zone and the Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz wrap up a road trip with a 103-94 loss in Philadelphia. Rudy Gobert had 27-12. and Donovan Mitchell added 18. But Sixers blow the game open in the second quarter and ride that to the win. Jazz are off today. They play the Lakers tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Monday night football, the Seahawks get the win over Minnesota, 37-30. Seattle improves to 10-2. They now are tied to the Niners for the top spot in the West, but have the tiebreaker, so they're in first place. Saints also 10-2, those three teams at the top of the NFC. Top of the wire, brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing to get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Dan Walken from uh, USA Today. I love Utah. I love what they've done. I think they passed the eye test for me. I uh, love how physical they are. That defensive line is awesome. Huntley, I don't know where you rank him among the quarterbacks Utah's had over the years, but he's just really developed into a big-time playmaker. And if they get into the playoff, they won't, they won't totally deserve it, in my opinion. You know, and I, I think despite the schedule, I wish they had maybe gone out of conference and, and gotten a big game they could maybe have in the bank right now. But, you know, if they get in the playoff, like, I, I think they, it would be an interesting matchup with them against either LSU or uh, Ohio State. I'd, I'd love to see it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Hans Thursday, noon to 3 at Homie, 103.55 South Jordan Gateway, number 550, Sweet 550 in South Jordan. Scotty and Hans will be there Thursday from noon to 3. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Phone lines are open, 855-340-ZONE. Your take on the Utes, the Cougars, and the Jazz. The Cougars get a new TV deal with ESPN. The Utes waiting for the new rankings to come out tonight. The Jazz getting ready to host the Lakers tomorrow night. Back home, the five-game nightmare to the east is done. They went one and four, but it's over in the rearview mirror. Now they're home for a little while. Got some open mics coming in. You can grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, send us your take, 15 seconds or so. Here's Scott. Yeah, can you explain something to me? How is it that we get Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich to increase the shooting and offense that we didn't have last year, but we still go through a six, seven-minute drought where we can't score a basket every game? Hmm. That's a long time, if that's true. Yeah, it's not six or seven minutes every game. But I get your point. There's still dry spells. Well, I think that... They happen when Bogdanovich is on the bench, largely. In today's game, you need three, four scorers out there. It does seem like we're seeing that. And since Conley hasn't been able to score consistently... The Jazz are at two. I think we're right back to where Donovan Mitchell feels the weight of the world. And then he presses. He needs to be able to be loose... He's a obviously he's a really good player, uh, but he, I think he feels that at such a young age the responsibility for the success of the franchise, and that if other guys aren't doing what they need to be doing, he is uh, feeling the weight of the world, and it becomes harder for him. Whereas when Bogey's got it going on, I think then Mitchell can really flourish because then he could just play his game and not feel like oh my gosh, we've got to get a bucket and I've got to get the bucket and I'm more often than not, the shortest dude on the floor. Factor. That's hard. Major factor. Yeah. So who's the third scorer? Well, it should be Conley. Right. But is it going to have to be Gobert? Because Gobert doesn't create his own shots. Well, it depends on who's there. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Back to what Tyler was saying on the the caller earlier, Ingles can complement Gobert's game very well. Ingles can't complement Ed Davis's game that well. Joe's averaging seven points a game. We know about his pass-first mentality and get everybody involved. But at some point, does Quinn go to him and say, Joe, we need 15 a game out of you? Maybe we're not going to have three big-time scores, but we're going to have two big-time scores. In my mind, once you get to 20 points a game, you're a big-time scorer. Yeah, it's but, arbitrary, I know, but that's what I think. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, and, well, you're big enough. Yeah, and, they got, and they got two guys who are there right now. Bogdanovich is right at 20. Actually, he's probably about 21 points a game now. Uh, and... 
uh, Donovan's higher than that, and he's 24 and a half. So do you have three 15-pointed games guy? Is, is Conley just not going to be an 18 to 20-point-a-game guy? He was, he was 21 points last year. I mean, he came back after, you know, he had the injury-riddled year and a half or so, and he had the surgery to fix, and he came back. He's shooting the three a little better than he did last year, so that's not the issue. The issue is creating his own stuff, the floaters in the lane. The, I still the, believe Conley will be Mike Conley. So then all we really have to do is be patient and let him figure it out. I mean, for the, as atrocious as the shooting numbers were at the start, his season average, not the numbers for the last 10 games, which to me would be a sign he was on track, but he's not only been okay in the last 10 games, he's made up for the atrocious start from three. Not so much on the floaters and the two-point stuff. He just has to find more consistency. Okay, well. And not have nobody, as many Nobody ever made games. a living in sports talk radio saying, hey, be patient, it'll be great, it'll work out. But if that's the truth, then... I guess, you know, as a Jazz fan, it matters a lot, and every game matters a lot, but you just got to bite your lip and let it work out. And maybe in four to six weeks, we'll look up and say, hey, hey, the numbers came around and everything's where it's supposed to be, because that's what's happened with this three-point shot. When I say Mike Conley will be Mike Conley, I don't believe that he'll be the Memphis Mike Conley, but I think he'll be good enough Jazz Mike Conley. And well, right there's now, something to be said for that because he wasn't Conley. playing alongside Bogdanovich, yeah, and Bogdanovich it. is going to use possessions, take shots, and make buckets that maybe Mike was doing last year when he was scoring 21 points. And a you game. want that? Oh, so, absolutely. The more sh- at this point, the way Bogdanovich is playing, the more shots that guy gets, especially the more pressure shots he gets, the better off every Jazz fan. I can't feel. believe Conley's not going to be in the 16 point to 18 point range when this season's said and done. If if I still I, I might take 16 right now, I know I'd take 18. I, I never expect anything more than that. Especially the way Bogdanovich is playing. Like, if, if he's going to end up at 18 points a game, because to get to 18 points a game, he's going to have a bunch of games in the low 20s. 18 seems high-end to me, actually, the more I think about it, that he would get to 18 this year. But, man, I would sign off on it in a heartbeat. If that's really how this is going to play out over the next 60 games, done and done, no complaining, fine. You're going to end up in a good spot. And then, if they, if they do that... Because they think they get the defensive stuff figured out. They have several years in a row. I, I think they will this year. Well, there are a bunch of new yeah. guys this year, and so maybe they won't. No, maybe I think they will. But we'll have Steve Cleveland on here at the top of the hour, and he'll tell you. You can ask him. Good offense always leads to more energy on defense. And they go hand-in-hand hand on, it's he a, saw it yeah. firsthand many times over. It's a double whammy. It'll keep him out of that transition defense, which is the weakest defense. And then on top of it, the energy to play better in the half court. Steve Wojcikowski is not pounding the floor after a missed shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually an excellent point. You go in, you miss some dunk, the ball carries in the air, you go back to the other end. <laughs> Nobody does that. You're doing that off you, of offense. Because you're fired up after you got a bucket. Yeah. And now we're going to get a stop, and then yeah. we're going to go get another bucket. Yeah, it's human nature. It shouldn't be. But it's human nature. It's just the way it is, man. You offense, successful offense gives you more energy on defense, gives you more passion, makes you dig in deeper. All those types of things. You know, you'd like to think that they're two separate, but I don't know that that's necessarily the case. In fact, I've had guys who do this for a living tell me it's not the case. I've had I, Cleveland because I covered him way back when for the Watchdog, and we had a lot of talks. Is sitting in airports and whatnot and hotels, and, and I can recall him saying that a million times over. That you cannot have these dry spells because not dry spells obviously hurt you offensively, but he also believed it hurt you defensively too. Because you start to slump. 
and you're, you, you know, the proverbial dropping of the shoulders and all that stuff. 855-340-ZONE. Wade, could the Jazz throw a trade out there in the next few months? If so, who could be available or is the best fit? If there's a trade, I don't think it's a big one. I think it's a smaller one around the edges to improve the bench. But I don't know that they have a lot of pieces to trade right now. You know, when you have the well, deeper they do, team. but would they? When you have a deeper team, uh, okay, no. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Everybody would take Rudy if he were offered up, and the answer is no. But when you have a deeper team, you feel more comfortable moving some of that depth to try and fill in a hole. Yeah, but and I don't think they feel like you don't need team. to either. A little bit of a catch-22 there. Right, but sometimes you'll move the two guys to get the one who's better, and you don't worry because you got the depth. And one of the greatest Karnaks of all time was catch-22. <sighs> Open up the envelope. How many fly balls out of 100 will the Dodgers catch? <laughs> <laughs> you remember the baseball Karnak. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tear off the end of the envelope. <laughs> Blow it so you can get you don't you want to get a paper cut on live TV. That would, that no, would that would sting. Yeah. So you gotta, whoosh, into the envelope. Don't know, because then you slide that piece of paper out a little easier. <laughs> yes. And you have to hold it to the head. Oh, absolutely. That's how you define the contents, right? Some yes. type who's that one dude who's the mind reader? What was his name? Karnak? Yeah, no, no, no. There was there was always some guy was they'd bring on he's do the talk show shirt uh, circuit. Oh, he, what was his name? So have to help you out there. Someone eight five five three four zero zone. They'd have him on shows, and he'd be this like mind reader prediction dude. All I got is the inferior master of the pan flute for you. I don't know. <laughs> what was his name, man? He had a name. The unknown comic. I don't know. No, no. <sighs> Jeez. No, I don't know that it'll come to me. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Thursday, December 5th, come on down to Metro by T-Mobile, located at 2121 South, 700 East in Salt Lake City. Join the big show. They're going to be broadcasting live. And thanks to all of you who have texted or tweeted Amazing Kreskin. There it is. Or called in and <laughs> said Kreskin and hung up. Kreskin, Kreskin, Kreskin. And I got it within five seconds of us going to break. The surprise of no one Steve Klauke knew. He had to be very frustrated for you. Come on, PK. Steve was one of the guys who texted me. Thank you. And let's not forget Giles Franz. All right, we got a lot of topics on the table today. BYU's got their new deal with ESPN. The Utes are waiting for the selection show tonight and then the game on Friday. And the Jazz are trying to rebound from a 1-4 and four road trip. Normally, any one of those could dominate the show, and we got them all at the same time. G.R. Hall, just Garrett Hall. Garrett, you use your name. Way to go, Garrett. Talk about Ute fans calling BYU bad, irrelevant, and poo-poo. Then talk about how BYU is the Utes' best win this year. Is it? By record, tied. 
because it'd be BYU at seven and five, Cal at seven and five, and then they got Cal win. Cal. I think Washington is their best win of the year. Beat another seven and five team, I think, and I'm blanking. Who would that be? Devils. Yes, Cal. Yes. Wasn't Washington seven and five? Hmm? Yeah. Did I say that already? We said that one. Yeah. I was looking for the ASU. That was the one I left off. And Cal. Yeah. So they beat four seven and five. I would teams. say Cal was the worst of their seven and five wins because they didn't have Garbers then. I mean, they were clearly a much better team with him than without. It was night and day. They didn't beat the seven and five version of him. Washington be the best. Yeah. So there you go. And they're not really going to get credit for any of those. Argument is not schedule. No. You're going to lose that argument. Yes. Go margin of victory. Go pro football focus, which is a respected website, had their first team all-conference. They had seven Utes on defense. That was the Ute team. Seven Utes. Seven Utes, two Ducks, and the whole rest of the league got two. I think Oregon State had a kid. Think about that. You're not going to see that dominance again. Seven Utes on the all-defensive. That's your argument right there. When's the last time that happened? When's the next time that happened? Yeah. And look at Oklahoma's defense. What is Ohio State or LSU going to do to Oklahoma's defense? They're going to shred it. I would think so. The Utes get in, it'll be because they earned it. There'll, there'll be no question about it. In fact, they're, to me, they're, they're in a fight, say. And so you've got the incumbent, the champion, the reigning winner is Oklahoma. So you got to knock them out. Yeah, it's hard to do since you don't get to play them. I got, I got it, but under the circumstances, you got to knock them out. So that's why I, I want to see the Utes roll up double digit, minimum double digit over Oregon, because that'll scream. That's the loudest statement you can make. It shouldn't have to be. It should be just you beat them. But I believe that their Oklahoma is the incumbent when it comes to playoffs. And so you got to make sure that there's no doubt. It's always harder to beat the incumbent. They shouldn't be because it just should be just this season. But, you know, there should not be childhood cancer either. But there is. So that's the way I see it. And if they, if they put it to them, then they're in. Unless Georgia wins. Tony says, I want you to talk about the Utes because the Jazz are in a no-win zone right now. Watch. They'll beat Memphis and the Lakers, and everyone will be back on the bandwagon again. They'll be fine. They're a new team with a lot of talent. just hasn't gelled all the way yet. There are nights when you see it, and others, not so much. Well, that's the beauty of 82 games. Time to see it. Plenty of time. We're, uh, you like to fractionalize the season. What are we? Quarter of the way through. So we're one-fifth, you say? It'd be one-fourth, PK. Oh, a quarter? Yep, in a couple weeks, it'll be a third of the way through. Oh. And when uh, so, I do that, so then you We're already 25% through the season. Yes, we are. 21 down, 60 to go for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I love how you fractionalize that. I never do any math. Now that I got my calculator on my phone and I got you, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best you've ever been math-wise? Yeah, I don't have to do any of it. All right, DJ and PK. Tyson Alger, Oregon Ducks writer for The Athletic, is coming up at 9.30. Nice. Coming up next, (laughs) Steve Cleveland. Talking Utes and Cougars and talking Utah Jazz. And we're going to talk to him about offense and defense, right? Because the defense has not been good enough the last six games. Are you going to ask him how they go hand in hand? Four bad games and the other two games, bad first halves defensively. So we'll talk with him about that and how much of that's starting at the offensive end of the floor. DJ PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone.